0: The Guardian. Hello, I'm Claire Armistead, editor of Guardian Books. And today I'm talking to Tanya Byrne, who's the author of the first book for young adults to get onto the shortlist for a very famous adult prize, the rather thrillingly named Crime Writers' Association Dagger. She's in her 30s, and this is also her first book, so breaking down a lot of barriers all round. Here she is, reading from her novel, Heart-Shaped Bruise.
1: Juliet, I know you've been waiting three months for this letter, but I have to start by saying that this isn't an apology. I'm not sorry, I'm not. If I have to spend the rest of my life crossing that word out of every dictionary I find, I will. So if that's what you've been waiting for me to say... Why you keep writing me, stop reading now. This is the only letter I'm going to write you, and the only reason I'm writing it is because you keep asking me why I did what I did. I guess you don't believe them when they say that I'm out of my mind. I don't know, I might be. My normal and everyone else's normal isn't the same anymore. Mine is out of time, like I'm a record playing at the wrong speed or something. That's why I'm letting them do this to me. Why I swallow their pills and sit here scratching my sins into the walls. But that's not why I did it. You must know that, otherwise you wouldn't be asking. So, OK, you want to know why? This is why. You stabbed my father. That's it. What don't you understand? China shop rules, Juliet. You break it, you pay for it. And you broke me. You got what you deserved. Now leave me alone. Emily. <laughs>
0: That was Emily in sort of typically forthright address mode. Actually, not telling the entire truth, is she? No. She's a really, really complicated character. She, she her, her father got stabbed by this girl that she's pursuing, but she—it wasn't as if he was killed or anything. We don't quite know why she's so wound up
1: about it, do we? she doesn't react like a seventeen like a normal seventeen year old girl because she's not a normal seventeen year old girl The book starts in the psychiatric unit of a young offender's institution, and so it's quite obvious that she's not all there uh, to put it politely so I think what happens is that Emily's life falls apart and from from that moment where her father stabbed and she blames Juliet for it and that's not necessarily the right thing to do, but that's how she's got it in her head that if Juliet hadn't stabbed her father, none of this would have happened.
0: Now we have to get it clear right at the start that actually um, Emily's name for most of the book is Rose. Yes. And Juliet's name for most of the book is
1: Nancy. there's two girls, Juliet and Emily. And Juliet's father is a police officer investigating a family of gangsters called the Coles. And Harry Cole goes in, breaks into the house and stabs the police officer, and Juliet comes home, doesn't know what's going on, and in in an effort to protect her father, stabs Harry, and that's how the story begins. And then from that moment, she goes into witness protection and becomes a new girl called Nancy, and she starts her life again and moves to London. And Emily, upon hearing this, finds out where she is in witness protection and decides to befriend her in an attempt to ruin her life. So she becomes Rose... And Juliet becomes Nancy, and their lives start again. I actually wrote the whole book from Juliet's point of view about a girl that goes into witness protection when her father's stabbed and has to start her life again and goes to college and meets a boy and falls in love. And I finished it, and I was really pleased with it. And then I asked a friend to read it, as always is the case. She thought, it needs more tension, So I added a character called Emily that showed up about a third of the way through the book and just wreaked havoc. And I got about halfway through and I thought, actually, I think Emily's story is more interesting. I think Juliet's story's been told before in films and books, but there's something about Emily's story, about her brokenness almost, that appealed to me as a writer. Because you can push villains so much further than you can the good guy. You can always get them to say stuff that you wouldn't normally say and kind of cross that line and see where you end up, where you would never do that in real life. And I think the thing is that Rose is actually more Emily than Emily is because when Emily finds out her father's gangster and she had no idea, she was just this quiet bookish girl who played the cello that went to boarding school and was daddy's little princess, she overnight becomes this gangster's daughter so she adopts this persona, this kind of swagger and she swears, the only time she swears is ever with her psychiatrist, it's like she smokes and she swears and stuff. But when she's rose that's who she really is when she's kind of a little bit more quiet and funny and vulnerable almost so actually she has to become someone else to be who she really wants to be
0: you've set yourself also a research challenge you're dealing with mental illness you're dealing with young offenders institutions is this it's you call it archway young offenders institution that's in north london Mm -hmm. is it
1: an existing institution it isn't actually and i did a lot of research and the The issue with writing a journal is that you can't info dump a lot of stuff in there. And I think, especially from Emonie's point of view, because she's so in denial about things that she wouldn't really talk about her mental illness. And so I had to show, don't tell a lot of stuff. Um, So I did a lot of research into what happens in young offenders' institutions. And I actually discovered in the first draft, Emily was seeing Dr Gilliard every day, and I discovered that they wouldn't have the resources for that to happen. So that got changed to once a week. And then um, Lily, who's one of her friends in in the um, institution... She's a self-harmer and she's also anorexic, and I realised she wouldn't be there for longer than a couple of weeks. So halfway through the book, she goes back in, into the gen, in gen pop. Now you're almost making it sound worthy, and I can assure anyone listening to this that it
0: is not worthy <laughs> at no, all. It's it's, y- it's absolutely tantalising, and you never actually know until right at the end what
1: it is she's actually done yeah. that's that's landed her there. Yeah. She talks a lot about being evil. I'm evil, and I've done this awful thing. But she. Won't admit to. She's very manipulative narrator in, in that sense because she only tells you what she wants you to know. So that's why she doesn't discuss her illness because she's in denial about it. She says very early on, I think in the first chapter, that she leaves pieces of herself around London, like she'll write on the back of receipts and leave like a compliment for a waitress, or write on a bathroom door. And that's what she does. She tells the story in pieces. She tells some bits to her doctor and some bits to her friends and some bits to the diary. And it's up to you to kind of put it all together, really, and to to work out why she is the way that she is. And actually, she doesn't care. She doesn't understand why she is the way she is. So she's not going to sit there for ages talking about, you know, depression or not being able to sleep but those things are in there she's lost weight and she's not sleeping and all those things are there but she doesn't really understand why
0: she speaks like a teenager but thinks like a like very sophisticated young adult
1: and I think having gone to boarding school I think that's definitely something that they encourage at boarding school they encourage you to be able to go to socials and talk to talk to adults and she would have been on the debate team and all of that sort of stuff so she is growing up and I think her precociousness at boarding school came out in reading stuff like Dawkins. but she's still a teenager and I think that's the problem. I think she's somewhere stuck between having to be a grown-up and having to deal with these really massive things but still being a teenager which is why her reactions are sometimes a bit sullen or a bit surly. And you don't have any adults with you. Have a, she, her uncle
0: makes a brief appearance. Yeah. Her father makes a very brief appearance, yeah. and Dr. Gilliard does. Mm. And oh, there's one. There is one adult actually mm. who I wanted to ask you about. Who's the life coach? Is it at school? Who, who? Oh,
1: Miss hum, Who's Miss rather hum, yeah. one of
0: those teachers who's rather over pally with her friends mm. and and is going through her own problems.
1: She was a, supposed to be a foil for Dr. Gilliard because Dr. Gilliard so kind of stiff and kind of prim and solid almost. And, Grace isn't like that at all. She's all over the place, and I put her in as a kind of as a mirror to her, really.
0: This is your first novel. It is. What yeah. have you been doing all these years?
1: I've spent eight years at the BBC. I was working in BBC Radio, um, and I read a lot of books. I kind of always wanted to be a writer, but I didn't think I could. Kind of in the way that you know, I wanted to be a rock star or an astronaut or something. And then I just decided to take an evening class at my local. College and it was like eighty pounds for a term, <laughs> so I went and there was lots of I was the only woman and there were lots of retired men who took very good care of me, took it in turns to drop me home every every week and uh, yeah, just I I wrote my first story. It was horrible. I hadn't written anything since I was a teenager and I'd always liked words and I kind of would read a book and think of a better way of saying a sentence or. I would go to bed at night and reimagine an ending or something like that and I would find myself scribbling things in the corners of notebooks but I never really had the confidence to do any more than that. So I wrote this story and it got read out and, I was like, and the teacher was like, this is really good, you should try and get it published. So I approached a website who did publish it and I was like, OK, so maybe I will sit down and write this book. So I did and here I am. Did you go to boarding school yourself? No. Went to a school in East London, a so convent school. East London? East London, Stratford, yeah. There's
0: knowledge in this
1: book. There is. I, I spent a year when I was writing it working for Kingston College. Um, I was temping there, working as I was the, working in the principal's office. So I got to meet a lot of people like Emily and Sid.
0: For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.